cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. I was a little bit uh, quick off the mark there, huh? It's always nice to have a little I bit know, of interruption. I know. You can't blame me. You know how excited I'm, I get about Wednesdays. It's rude of his middle. The middle of his sentence interrupted the beginning of yours. Yeah, it's okay. Ours is more important. Hello, B2. Hey, B1. What's up? Well, not much. So, welcome to the Futurology Show, proudly sponsored by MTN Business. Yay, we're still here. And we got rain. We do have rain. I know it's awesome. Just hey? prove we're live. It's yeah. raining outside. Yeah. Go check outside. <laughs> well, for those that aren't in Joburg, I mean, we are in dire straits. Have you seen the pictures on social going around about the vault, how empty it is? Yeah, 24% or something. At 20%, they can't uh, draw water anymore. So, I mean, fun times. pictures of boats like at their jetties, and there's just sand underneath them. There's no water there. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of water and all things nice and liquid, my app of the week. Yes. And it's now, what, just under a month to go to your and my favorite time of the year, the Whiskey Live Festival. Oh, I was about to say, you don't like Christmas, I like <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I got, no, buddy, I got Hanukkah before Christmas, so I, I'm off the bat even quicker there. <laughs> so I chose Whiskey as my app of the week. Whis- it's not new. Um, it's been around for a while, but it's W-H-I-Z-Z-K. Why? No E. Oh. Okay. So K-Y. Um, That's proper whiskey. Proper whiskey. So why did I choose? I mean, as I said, I was actually looking at the billboards for um, the Whiskey Life Festival. I'm yep. hoping we're going to throw our names away again soon. Yes. We'll have a dinner first. Okay, good. Um, and I won't knock uh, Johnny Walker Black, Keith, if you're, li- <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but what's really cool about this app is it has a scanning function. So like if you've got a, a bottle, your one of your favorite tipples, you just scan the label and it brings it up for you. So you can share it and write a comment. Uh, but all the things that you get to taste, you can actually take a picture of the label and then put it into your list. Um, people, it, it's kind of like Instagrammy. People can take pictures and write little comments. Um, there's been some really nice drams appearing on the app lately. So I'm getting thirsty just talking yeah, about yeah. it. So yeah, whiskey with a that's double a Z one. or double Z or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, that's my app of the week. That'll for this definitely week. be making an appearance at a, on a phone near me quite soon. Yeah. So there we go. And I'm um, hopefully it'll be some whiskeys in our hands quite soon. Yeah. I know we spent a lot of time on VR last week, but I mean, there isn't a show that goes past that we don't look at VR and it's here and it's the future. Virtually no show goes past without talking oh. about VR. <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. So yes, it's the rain. It's fine. It's Your circuitry really. board's still yeah, getting yeah. going. So this one I just have to laugh at, but Fifty Shades of Grey is about to let their or release their new movie or the next version of their movie, and they've now Fifty said Fifty Shades Darker or something. Oh, I don't know. I didn't read the books. I have no inclination to read the books. And uh, all I know is that some of my mates were quite happy to hang around outside cinemas when chicks came out and uh, see if they could buy them <laughs> drinks. So um, anyway, new friends, bro. They um, <laughs> most of them are married now, so it's 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 game over. Um, not that I'm suggesting that marriage is game over. I'm going home into shit tonight. I'm just like, can we just turn my mic off? Anyway, so what they're apparently doing is like after the day's shoot, they'll do like a few more minutes of shoot that they can make some VR content. So it's like soft porn for we chicks. We get to see the cameraman again. Huh? No, that's for us. So it's soft porn for chicks. <laughs> no, Those for chicks that wanted Grey to actually touch them, well, maybe they can. Um, Moving on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this one, maybe you can explain this one to me. I came across... Eye tracking for VR. This company called SyncThink in Boston um, have have basically they're a neurotech firm. I mean neurotech. In fact, we need to do a show on neurotechnology because it's really a big thing. There's a, a brand I've been following overseas. Maybe I can get them to actually dial in. Um, but anyway, they've received a patent for a new system to track arm movements in VR headsets. So my response to that is why. Wow. 
I mean, if you think about your radius of movement inside there, okay, once you're inside a VR headset, number one. Number two, why? Can you think of a reason why people, you're not looking at a website, well, you so you're not staring at a hotspot, you're not, why? Epileptics, maybe. That'd be the only reason I can think of off the bat, would be like if you start going to rapid eye movement while in there. Oh. Just turn off the experience. Yeah, okay, so. Maybe also it's like eye strain and thing. I mean, we talked about eye strain last week. Guys like start to avert the attention away from the. Fo- I, I don't know, but and they the got the patent. Da- dilate really, really big, and they might be dead. Just saying, emergency <laughs> call, smartphone. <laughs> you know. uh, sorry, the number you've dialed is not available. You anyway, might be a it was. Reality, but you're having a real, real emergency. Okay, <laughs> well, it was it, it it the patent was granted, and yeah. given what's been going on with patents, uh, let's check it out. Probably not something that you you want to screw with. Um, this one I like because I think it's been a long time coming. Qualcomm have announced that they are 5G ready. So they will have a phone chip ready um, for early testing next year. And they reckon that the first mobile device will be ready first half of 2018. So if yeah. you look at how 3G to 4G or LTE, depending on which country, yeah. that speed, it should be the same quantum shift to 5G. There's just only one problem. There's probably maybe two countries in the world that could potentially be 5G ready from a network point of view. That would be Korea and maybe some parts of the States. Um, So is this a case of where future tech goes past? It's like when you put a car that's too fast for the road, what happens? You know? That's great though. Pushing the edge of innovation is always fun. But I, I like the fact that we're Africa and we get to get things when it's already polished. Let everybody else in the first world test it first. That's so polite. Like, you should be running for you should be running for like governor th- or something. Thanks for only giving it to us last. But at least it's brilliant by the time it gets here. Yeah, I I just you know we need it. Yeah. It's coming. But you know for them to make an announcement like that, surely they should have been looking at the um, actual network tech. Because let's be honest, there's still two G networks running around. There's not even three G. I mean, if you go north of our borders, guys are running on 2G networks. Yeah. And uh, in South Africa, 3G is still the main connection. I mean, you might see a 4 in LG, LT, but it's not. I mean, okay. you can just do a speed test. Well, I mean, the Africa Com- conference is happening in Cape Town. Next week. Next month in November. Yeah, two November weeks. November 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that question will come up quite a bit. Yeah, so I'm sure. Even though we are Africa, the, 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 the telcos and the guys in, in the continent are actually quite forward-thinking. So it's quite nice. It's just… I think the cost of these things is always a bane for, for the, no. the expanse of our continent. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's, anyway, so it, it's coming. It's really exciting. But they say first, first half first of half 2018. So it's not far away. Huh? Um, now, we always, we always talk about Uber and we love Uber. Um, Uber Eats, I don't know if you've tried it yet. Not yet. But um, I have, I've have seen the back end of Uber Eats from oh, yeah. the restaurant side, which was quite slick. They put an iPad in, in this like, little docking station and you just watch the – you just watch the like men, the orders coming through. But it was the funniest thing. It's it was actually at a sushi restaurant. Um, and for anyone that's gone into a sushi restaurant, it's normally run by a Chinese person, not Japanese. And their English is quite funny. And it was like, uh, he enjoys it, but he was like, ah, I gotta give thirty percent. Oh no, margin not good for thirty percent. <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, I'm your customer. I don't really need to hear about your margins. But I was impressed with you the slickness of it. Tuna, I'm gonna smack your hands with my chopstick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, they they're obviously doing well. They're rolling out. Yeah. But the reason I, I use that was to actually lead in that someone's a, a doctor has has released an app in the states, which has kind of been benched as the doctors the Uber for doctors. You can now get a house call. So you're sick. The last thing you feel like doing is dragging your carcass into a car and trying to get somewhere. You just push a button on the app and the doctor comes to you. So they're actually bringing house calls. 
back. I mean, the house call, you know, you picture the GP with his white jacket, his little black leather bag. He used to come knock on your knee, cough, yeah. and give you two panadas and tell you to wake up in the morning. Now that you can book a house, it, it sends him your directions. It will show you the waiting time. You'll get an ETA when he's arriving. Yeah, and apparently they allow – this is only in the States, and they're testing in a few states. Apparently in those states, they're allowed to dispense as well. So in his bag, you'll have like a generic antibiotic or a generic painkiller or whatever. So you can actually – so you, don't, you still don't actually have to go to the okay. um, uh, pharmacy either. I think it's cool. That's I mean, I promise good. you – I mean, being a male, we get a sore toe in the end of the world. So yeah. now I have to actually oh, try yeah, and drive to sure. a doctor – Hell, imagine if imagine if she's hot. I'm just saying. Anyway, that's a house call, not a beauty call. So you eat so yeah, much shit when you get home. Oh, it's okay. I'm really I'm really cooked. So <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm going to go down, I go down properly. Yeah. Um, Malibu, you know the drink, the yes. coconut flavored rum thing. Yeah, rum thing, <laughs> rum thing. Um, they've come up with a connected cup. Okay, so it's called the Coconect. And the cup looks like a um, like a coconut, like a coconut shape. It's got an RFID chip and Wi-Fi base. Yep. And then when you're at a club or in a festival and you're thirsty, you just put you actually like twist the bottom of the of the cup. It sends a signal to the barman, and a new drink's brought to you. Awesome. That's sick. And I just check how many times this happened, and after your fifth, it's you get a an Uber promo COVID comes in. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably the marketing side. Here's some sushi. I and just here's like, the ride. but just as, as far as an Internet of Things thing, that's clever. It's yeah. it's like different. You know, everyone's been looking at drones at festivals. I don't know if it's delivered by a drone. I actually, don't remember reading that. But the thing is, is that you're standing, you're in the middle of the doof doof doof, and you're like kind of in that zone, and you're thirsty, and you just go on your on your cup, and this. Can you imagine that becomes a nervous tick, like a social tick of someone that they actually twist their, their bottle and they end up with like overdose of? Well, you know, like when Oaks read poetry and they all like click their fingers, like when they're enjoying it, they don't clap, yeah. you know, and they click. So like you just check that concert, you go, and then like the big pen sound. So you can actually start like recording that as well. Imagination unleashed. I just, I was looking at it from an IoT perspective and I just, you know, that's, we're in the fourth industrial revolution. I liked it. Nice. Yeah, then, um, digital jargon. I mean, I kind of started that last word, uh, last week. Yeah. So I just thought this week's word could be DMP because someone threw that at me the other day and I actually didn't know what it was. Do you know what DMP is? I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just asking you don't have to. a number of things. Okay. So it's data management platform. That's okay. what it stands for. Clever. So it's basically, um, when brands used to make sense of the information, um, they can upload their data. And their sales figures and their emails into a DMP, yeah. okay, and then they can combine it with other data sets. So it's like fusion. Yeah, so we, you, we build DMPs. I don't well, that's why, yeah, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> trying to say is that you know you're sitting in the boardroom, you go, oh, we need a DMP, mm. and you're gonna go, yeah, of course, Fuck, what's a DMP? That's what the whole idea of this little weekly. Yeah. But it's that's blurb that's is. just an NAED. It's a new mm. acronym every day. Oh, okay. That's, that's the world we live in. KFC. Yeah. Cut from China. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. That's Cade's favorite one. He goes, Dad, it's KFC. It's Cuck from China. Um, so, yeah, that was my, my digital word for the day. Nice. Word. word then there was – I came across a really nice service. It's called Appregator. Okay? So, like aggregator, yeah. but Appregator. The website's appregator.net. It's developed for – in fact, there's actually 140 countries that this applies to. It was developed for South Africans. So basically, you probably don't know this, but if you build apps for iOS and Android, for iOS, you can monetize an iTunes store from South Africa. For Google, which 9 out of 10 phones, you can't. 
Okay. Yep. So what Appregator does is it takes your app and it puts it into an Australian market and then it sells it via the Australian market so you as the app developer can actually get money. And I think they charge like 10%. So instead of getting nothing for your app, mm. you can get like, uh, well, it's, it's 70, 30, I think, is the split and then 10%. So you're going to get like 50 odd percent of what you could have got. Mm. So is that, that's last time I asked the Google guys why that is. They were saying there's regulations and stuff. It's got to do with, it's got to do from what, again, in the research from SARS. Yeah. So Google in South Africa reports into Ireland. Yes. And they don't have a SARS agreement with us, SARS tax. And, um, because of that, they can't sell because they can't pay. So they can't give. So we should go the SARS route and say, listen, SARS, you can make more money than you already make if you just enable… Apparently, it's 140 money. countries. Most of them are African, but wow. there's some South American companies, some countries, some in India. So if there's any Android app developers out there that are listening to our show, appregator.net, and you just fill out a form and boom. Because yeah. I was looking to try to sell an Android app. And I couldn't. Yeah. You can, but you just don't get the money. Yeah. That's the problem. So, I mean, it's just stupid. <laughs> You're like, I'll sell my app, but I don't get anything. Okay. So, yes. No. Um, yes. I'm yes. keen to hear what you're about to say. Okay. I'm going to tell you an awesome story because we always lead into stories. And, and things that lead us into… The show is the future of storytelling. storytelling. So, we're going to get… with Once Upon a Time. Come on. Do it. Do it. Once Upon a Time. There in a beach a... near you. There was this young kid who really enjoyed surfing. Am I doing well? Yeah. As my, have I got my radio voice on? No. Okay. Can I put my radio <laughs> voice back on? Yes. Okay. Once upon a time. <laughs> okay. So, um, this is freaky. This is like, I actually have to say, this is just freaky fuck. That's just the only way I can describe it. That's, <laughs> okay. There's no other way to describe Share it. Share away. So, yesterday. Okay. So, for all listeners, because we're on the internet, so we're not really anyway. I am in Johannesburg. My meeting yesterday was in Johannesburg. Okay. So, yes, I go to a You meeting. used to live in Durban. I used to live in Durban. I grew up in Durban. Um, and Durban is 600 kilometers away from Johannesburg. And there's no sea in Johannesburg. So, yesterday, I go to a meeting. And I walk up the stairs. And um, these guys have got, like, four boardrooms. And they're all named. And there's, like, they themed. So, like, the one was called, like, Speed or whatever. And there was, like, a racing car, steering wheel thingy there. So, we were in Unleashed. Okay. And outside of Unleashed was a surfboard. Like, like. Balancing, awesome. which makes sense. Yeah, why not? There's just one little problem. It was my surfboard from 1985. In Durban? Okay. No, in Durban. Oh, so, yes. in 1985 to 1986, that was my surfboard. At 86, I traded the board in at a company called Surf Center, who no longer exists. This guy, whose board it is, said he bought it at the PE branch. And that's probably about 800 k's away from Durban in 1990 he surfed it he taught his son how to surf on the board and it's now I mean it's poked I mean I I saw it it's poked but this 30 year old surfboard that I owned is sitting outside a boardroom in a boardroom in Johannesburg I mean Freaky fuck. How long, sorry, you, how long did it take you to get into a meeting after that realization? Probably quite a while because I, w- I was pretty freaked. I like first I wanted to make sure. It's like, hey, that's Because like board. the guys when they design boards, I could tell by the colors straight away it, it looked like my board. But when I flicked the board over, there was a sticker on there that I know I put there. I even remember where the sticker comes from. That's uncanny. Um, and then when I saw the surf center, surf center used to always put stickers on the nose. Um, because when a board stands in stock, you see the surf stand, you know? Yeah. So I knew that this board had gone to surf center. And I was like, it's my board. That's awesome. So that's a good end to the, 
That's a mad sick end. I mean, hey. Well so that was my story. And now that was the future of a story because it was a story about a boy and his board and how yeah, it evolved. And Anyway, so on that note, our guest today is from a company called Brandtruth. We're speaking to Wayne Fleming. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Hello, guys. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Did I freak you out? Not at all. I think it was a fantastic story. But wasn't it a cool story? I mean, so that, and, it's, and it's like nonfiction. It's you like can't, nonfiction. You can't really script that. No. Who writes stories about surfboards? No. That's well, awesome. but it's I, such a damn real story. It is I know, real. but it's cool, huh? Hey? Yeah, can you imagine that? Dude, I, I mean, I posted the picture on Facebook and I was like, the likes and the and the comments and the freakiness and the guys that knew me back then. And you know, the the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying on, but this is what happened. Mm. I even remember the guy, I, I remember the guy that I bought it from. I was in standard six. Sorry, I lied. It wasn't 85, it was 86. I was in standard six. This guy was in matric. He had advertised the board. Like in those days, we had boards. Like as in not surfboards, like boards where you put stuff Notice up boards, on. Notice yeah. boards. I couldn't think of the word. Um, and he, he came, he came into, you know, he was at my school. He was a sponsored surfer and those guys used to churn their boards. And I remember like my dad having to take me there and like, I had to like borrow money from him. And he's like, are you sure what's wrong with your board? And I'm like, I need this board. You know, that need want discussion. So, I mean, I even remember his name was Clinton Gas. I even remember that, you know, and there was my freaking surfboard. It was like 30 years later, 30 600 years. kilometers away. Yeah, no, no, only 600. It traveled to PE first. PE to Job is probably about 1200 <laughs> True k's. story. The story of the traveling surfboard. Dun, dun, dun. Fantastic. A book by Brett Levy. The landlocked surfboard. <laughs> Nuts. Anyway, but so yeah, like, yeah. That's what, uh, the thing that I like about s- storytelling, and you guys are going to tell us more about the, the Future of Storytelling Summit that you attended in New mm. York. But the wonderful thing about stories is that as humans, everybody's got one. Correct. You know what? Storytelling is the thing where you have an experience and you start sharing that with someone and you try the best you can to describe that key experience you had and translate that in someone else's head. Exactly. Well, I mean, the reason we got you here today is that, you know, people just think about storytelling, but they don't realize that content and more importantly, branded content is actually storytelling. We kind of, it's like an art that's kind of been lost. But thankfully, you guys have just come back from, I was New York. Where, Correct. Yeah. So it was actually a whole show. Correct. On, a on, summit. A summit. Yes. Yeah. So take us through that because I'm pretty damn sure that most people have never heard of a summit about story. I mean, you could just picture these beanbags and guys reading books. And then Mary said, good night. You know, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm obviously making light of it because it's radio. But the point is, is that you, you had a summit. So Correct. tell us the story of Fast. So you know what the amazing Future thing of, of storytelling? Yeah, FOST. Okay. Like FOST. Another acronym. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've already done one today. <laughs> Correct. FOST, the future of storytelling. Um, guys, what is so amazing about this conference is it's the best of creative communities, tech, communications, and storytellers ultimately just coming together that is so passionate about storytelling. So they invite about 500 people globally. Um, this was the second year that we've attended. And... When you start engaging with these masterminds, you come across people like chief content officers. You know, have have we heard of that? Um, and what is so no. amazing How about awesome that? No, isn't I it fantastic? You know, so and all they do is look at how content lives in storytelling and also across channels. I think that is the most exciting thing is that there is this conference in New York. So it's a real honor to be able to go um, and attend a conference on storytelling in New York and just start engaging with storytelling uh, storytellers across mediums, be it books, be it tech, be it VR, be it developers, be it creators. Yeah. So quite a mastermind of of just creativity. 
You must have met some amazing people there. Yeah, we have. Um, you know what is amazing? You sit down in round tables, and that's a key thing of the conference, is that you don't sit in a plenary after plenary and just listen. You have to workshop and engage. So, for instance, we would sit with the head of content of Cartoon Network globally in a 20-people workshop talking about storytelling and how they approach it. Um, the, ba- the brands represented Google, Facebook, um, Samsung, with all their thinkers about storytelling. Yeah. And the opportunity to engage at that level really becomes quite a – you know, am I deaf? So, you lie to swear. I've done it a few <laughs> times already. But the thing is, the, th- the thing that freaks me out is the names that you've just thrown out now. Mm. Google, Samsung, mm. Disney. Mm. These are technology companies. These are not book writers. They're not book publishers. Correct. I mean, Disney, maybe. But even that, there's probably more money from online or, or digital revenue. Right. Um, you know, again… Storytelling is actually not about reading a book. I mean, you've, you're talking about this must be VR. This must be all kinds of tech integration. And it's the story of our lives and how we as, as people engage. Um, you know, you said this is the second time you, you've gone. I, I've never heard of this. Mm. You know, uh, when you go to these events, what is it that, you know, is it the same as a normal summit? You sit in the boardroom and, and a guy gets up and actually, it sounds pathetic, tells you a story. But like, is it a presentation or is it more about engagement of minds? I mean, you talk about chief content officer. Mm. That's, uh, and that's cool. You know, and what are the qualifications behind that? Correct. So I think to answer your first question is really about the engagement of minds. Um, and like I said earlier, it's not just about sitting down and listen uh, uh, to one speaker after the other. Um, what makes this so profound as well is the show elements that they bring into this conference. So every time the the morning session starts uh, with some keynotes or some key speakers, they produce some amazing shows. So one thing was where we met a marimba playing robot. A what? A marimba playing robot. <laughs> a marimba playing robot. No, no, I heard that. I just had to do what because it wasn't what? like yeah, – I'm picturing it. Yeah. Yes. And what makes this even – more exciting is that although he plays like a robot, he completely improvises like a human. So, for instance, they got a session band together on that morning and he listened to the beats that they are producing in this band. And he literally started improvising completely on key um, with four hands, though. <laughs> oh, there's the advantage. So it's quite an amazing sound that comes from this robot. You have never in your life. But that is the technology so AI that they… Is getting creative. Correct. So, and that's that like is AI they, as well. Or yeah. just, I mean, it can't just be, it, it's pre-programmed, but there has to be an engagement if it's actually. Correct. Absolutely. So for instance, one of the things as well is a story arcade where you have the ability to just connect with the newest tech, um, the newest VR, uh, amazing experiences. So something you said earlier, you know, it's not just about the tech and it's not just about the conference. One, it's the engagement with the masterminds, but on the second part as well, it's, the experience that is created and that enables the storytelling. So if you think of storytelling, it goes back to the experience. Mm. Yeah. You know? Well, I was about to say, I mean, if you think back in time, you, know, you had cavemen sitting around a fire and they told a story and then that story was told on and it was told and it was, and it was morphed. But even more important, I mean, we are very tech focused. Yeah. I mean, not just the show, but humans. But I can look at my big 55-inch TV, and if there isn't a good story that's going to come yeah. on it in the form of content, I've got nothing to watch. Correct. Yeah. You know, so the median has changed, but the, the principle of storytelling is obviously still the same. Correct. I mean, as a as a digital philosopher, I mean, like the whole idea of philosophy is sharing 
knowledge. And you, uh, often Don't that go was and stung. cook your goose now. Often no, you're that still going to save a pearl. No, me. that's good. Oh, okay, I've got cool. a pearl. I've got <laughs> okay. a pearl. I was thinking about it actually. The whole Foss thing is actually quite inspiring. But um, as a philosopher, the whole idea is to meet together in groups of people and share experiences, share knowledge through storytelling. Correct. And uh, I think the sort of it's a lost art these days. I think we've kind of got too complacent with the idea that social media is so readily available on our devices. Um, we've been so technology focused as well that we can go and share things. And it's weird that Facebook would call it a news feed and not a story feed because essentially every single one of those pictures is a story of an experience that we've all had that's worth sharing. Uh, and well, look at Instagram. I mean, that, yeah. that's the epitome of storytelling. Exactly correct. It's visual thousand, and it's language. Words. It's, it's language irrelevant. You know? Correct. And it seems that over time as well, technology, we've, I mean, we're talking about how many acronyms we have every new day. There's a new acronym, a new way of shortening mm. our communication. Uh, we've got hashtags to try and define a topic. And we kind of seem to have lost in the last few years the art of, of telling a real story and engaging an audience. I mean, there are those that have made it a, a specialty now. It's, it's actually a niche skill to have in the, in the workplace. And I'm going to just rattle on for a bit longer. But one of the themes that we've had throughout the year with how technology has advanced and how innovation has gone is where is the space left for the advertiser in this? And that's been a big concern through advertisers and brands and stuff. And the nice thing about this, the, the rebirth, if you will, of storytelling is that we're turning the shout, this brand shout, into more of a conversation that mm. adds relevance and things into an audience. Can I, can I, I jump in I haven't asked a question yeah. I'm just No, no, no. But that's, I mean, that's, it's conversational. That's what this whole show is about. But I mean, I, I had whiskey as, a, as my app of the week and we we're talking about the whiskey live show. And now I'm just listening to how you're talking about, you know, the, the, the whole content and, and all that. What resonates is what Johnny Walker Blue did with that challenge. Remember the gentleman's agreement with Jude Law yep. and then they did it again with what's his face? Don't uh, focus uh, on the brand or the product. That, that, I mean, when you watch YouTube, okay, everyone's mouse hovers at the bottom right of the screen and going correct. five, four, <laughs> three, three, correct. Two, one. Even my son is like, dad, you can skip. You know, he's like, he's like, cause I, I might have zoned out. But on every single one of those productions, and in, in fact, Jamison's as well, mm. I, they did the same thing. Um, and it seems to be the whiskey as a whole. And Glenmorangie, they did the perfect hole about how Faldo built this hole more perfect than he needed to and blah, blah, blah. I never click skip. Why? Because at the end of the day, the human core, we like stories. I mean, we like to hear Correct. cool things. And you're engaged. Yeah. You're really engaged with that content and it's believable. Yeah. So – I, I think, Brett, you mentioned it. I mean, basically, if you take all the different channels we're exposed to, we've talked about TV, YouTube, phone, computer, augmented reality, virtual reality, it all starts with a story. Correct. So that's the content bullet. Correct. Yeah. That is absolutely it. You know, and it all has to start with the human truth. Yeah. So we were exposed to one of the most amazing projects, and I need to just confirm the name. Um, but if I recall correctly, the project is called uh, The End. The and what, End. The end. Like end, me, and you. Correct. End. Correct. Correct. The End. And what they've done is they've put couples down, and they've just started exploring – And <laughs> couples. And <laughs> they've just started exploring human truths within these couples' lives. And they've captured it in such a beautiful way that makes you as the viewer almost engage on a personal level with, with these people because you start to understand them. And it grasps you so much that you sit there and you can't stop viewing one piece mm. of the short film after the next, after the next. And the volume is so much um, um, to, to, to consume. But at the same time, they've put a call out for people to engage and start telling 
their story and you have an online application where there are certain questions that are prompted and you start recording your story. And I think that is the important thing about storytelling is how do you engage mm. and how do you make people fall in love? And there's one of these storytelling icons, Beth Comstock from GE International, that she has such beautiful nuggets about storytelling and how they apply it on a business-to-business level. But what she says is the key thing is that you need to get people to fall in love. And once you tell enough of the right story, the commas will follow in the end. Oh, That's actually cool. very cool. Uh, Brett, we're already at half past, so I need to pay the bills. Um, we'll but uh, we definitely pay and come back with that. That's for sure. When you're growing a small business, meetings, telecons, and admin move into dinners, recitals, and bedtime stories. But we know you knew that. We know that between the successes and failures, the courage to continue is what counts. We also know that the right meetings, telecons, and admin means better dinners, recitals at the school you want, and great bedtime stories. The courage to grow is business. We've got the advisors, products, and solutions that enable you to do so. MTN Business, a new world of business. This is CliffCentral.com. So if you've just joined us, uh, welcome back to the Futurology Show and uh, proudly sponsored by MTN Business. We're talking to Wayne from Brand Truth about storytelling. And uh, I mean, it's actually quite amazing just in the in the last 10 odd minutes that we've been chatting about it, what the foundation of a story is. And Brett, you were just saying now as well, how tech actually comes into play here. So for sure I mean the one the one thing about storytelling if you look back and we we mentioned cavemen we've got uh, cave paintings and th- those are essentially stories being told. Uh they live on past their point of engagement I suppose. The experience is something that we can look back hieroglyphics on on a on a pyramid uh, parchment scrolls and stuff that we can learn from the things from the past. The same applies to how we use whatever we have at our disposal today for the future messaging. And it's really great that storytelling is coming to a rebirth, a renaissance, if you will, of storytelling using new tech that will carry it much further into the future. To add to that was um, an amazing experience where um, a company from the States have started developing tech where they record stories um, in a format to be projected on holograms. Oh, wow. But what they do is they applied it within a museum environment to make those stories live beyond the the current um, um, audiences or the people and make those stories extend into the future, right? But what is so amazing about these holographs are that they are 100% interactive. You can ask a question to the person that is telling his story. For instance, the one that they portrayed was a Holocaust survivor. And you could ask him very, very specific questions that has been foreverized, if I can use that word. on, on Is that tape. a word? Not really. Foreverized. <laughs> no, but I like it. It's a Wayneism. No, no, I like it. We're going to foreverize this. <laughs> That's actually um, a very cool. I'm going to have to find a way to work that into my conversation foreverized <laughs> it's like ideate that is a word correct but, but foreverized okay cool yeah. sorry and um <laughs> what is so amazing about but this interactive experience is that if he doesn't understand a question he asks you to rephrase it or to repeat it but so his story and his experience as a holocaust survivor wow. is yeah. captured and lives across generations um into the future as real as it was the day he told it correct so captured for all prosperity you see, and, and that's that's important to me. I mean, obviously, the Holocaust is something that resonates with me, and um, there are not many survivors left. I mean, it's just mm. it's age, mm, you know. Yeah. There weren't many survivors, but the guys that have survived are dying now. It's time. Um, 
that will be lost. Mm. When they die, it's gone. And I mean, already people are, are dispelling the whole concept of the Holocaust, which sure. uh, I can get onto that another day. But the point is, is that if you can capture this stuff and you can make it available, and Brett, that's what you're saying with tech and storytelling. You know, if you go back to the analog world, which is not that long ago, I mean, we're talking 20 years, maybe, mm. you got a book. You shared a book, you read a book, you spoke about a book. I mean, women had book clubs. Now book clubs actually wine and apps um, and maybe some sleazy movie. Oh, there we go. The Fifty Shades of VR. <laughs> You're going to see these five-liter wine boxes get made into VR glasses. That's um, a terrible idea. But <laughs> there we go. Um, but the thing is, is that once you've captured it digitally, in the words of the, the, the author or the storyteller, it's there. Correct. We've got it. You know, and that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that's where tech really does come in. And of course, the ability to share. Mm. I mean, everyone likes to share a good story, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So I, what's, what's happened, I mean, just from, from my perspective and, and talking about engaging content and how it's changed over the years. And the one thing I've, I've used in that talk a couple of times is how scribes used to be this generational calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were a scribe way back when uh, sort of duplicating uh, history onto new parchments so that would last another couple of decades. Uh, your grandfather was one, your great grandfather was one. So you've kind of got this calling that lasts long because of the amount of effort that was taken to record information uh, or to record knowledge and stories in, in this manner. There was such a huge amount of value placed on, on that information, which is when it was finally released, we had the Renaissance period. The fact is, and for some of the listeners that maybe were born, the, the millennials and stuff that new CDs and not tapes, Google hasn't always been around. And since Google has been introduced, that, that period between not knowing something and knowing something has been so short that we have started to not value information very much. So now that we've got into this idea, and there's this, a whole bunch of philosophies around this, but we come from the age of innovation where we've been innovating great new products and we've had great new tech introduced to us at a very rapid rate, that now we've got into this idea where we're settling out and sort of saying, well, we've assimilated this tech into our day-to-day living. Now it's about experiencing it. How does this tech help us experience things? The same way the Renaissance happened when all of a sudden all these information was released to the world. Philosophers could start talking in town halls and knowledge started to share. We have the internet. It helps us do it a lot faster. Now we've got to find new ways of valuing information. And the way we value it now is in experiences. So we've kind of gotten from age of innovation into the age of experience, which is lending itself perfectly to what will become the future of storytelling. Correct. Talking about that collective experience as well was one of the moments um, that was so amazing to us was a collective VR experience where you actually engage with the other person or the other viewer that's also in you really engage with them on a virtual level correct on a virtual level so it gets quite freaky in a way because you see this face coming very close to you i was going to say drill that down a bit because <laughs> you're not virtually virtual but, correct but yeah you're experiencing reality but in a virtual you're, you're virtually augmented correct. no yeah virtually augmented actually because you're so, bringing in other yeah it's not just a one person experience yeah. it's now a multi-user multi-person a experience, shared experience a shared experience and you know it, it it gets quite tricky it's like wow am i in a space age and if you bump into somebody virtually <laughs> you're really bumping into a human being so correct because when you bump into them physically as well it is quite frightening it's like well you didn't expect so your spidey the senses are on high alert at that point yeah 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 okay that's quite that's, cool that's and what was the context of that yeah shared? i was gonna say <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to. No, I can share that. We were a bunch of birds. 
<laughs> Chasing after flies and having to eat flies to survive and clap your wings to survive. <laughs> awesome. Okay, wow. So that sounds okay, very I didn't see, uh, now, now I'm going back to my image of bean bags and storytelling with this little fire in the place. Yeah. Birds. Cool. But one of, one of the other VR experiences was a VR theater. Setup where you would sit down in a theater that is um, with with VR, and you start engaging. So one of the shows that they um, showed at that time was an NBA experience. But you're in the game. You're meeting the players. You're in their face. They're in around you. You get so overwhelmed because they're so up close and personal that it really feels like you are meeting this person um, in a virtual reality. And that, while it's 360, so wherever you look, up, down, left, right, towards the back of you, you have a total 360 VR experience. Um, and that was just like one of those things of, wow, it is, it's really moving ahead very fast. And I think as technology gets better, the experience is going to get even more real and more true. I, I'm sitting here listening to this you know and the question that comes to mind we were talking about it last week how as parents we tell our kids not to play games when i was a kid now as parents we tell our kids yeah play games i mean the kids just want 250k playing games um i always remember story people or, or good journos or good authors they did a ba they were very proficient in english had a great command of the language um and could put together a beautiful story mm. now They've actually got to be techies because that's the other problem. You can write the best damn story in the world, but if you haven't got the right medium to share it, no one's going to ever hear it or read it. You know, Correct. I, I, I actually don't know how, what your view on is it, but I talk about an audio book. I don't have time to read anymore. I just don't. It's, it's sad, but it's a reality. So the next best thing I can do is an audio book. But I refer to reading an audio book because I'm actually reading the book. I'm just reading it with a different sense. Yes. I'm hearing it. Um, and in fact, as a storyteller goes, you want an audience to listen anyway. I think Correct. listening to a book is better than reading a book anyway. But that's a different discussion. But to become a good storyteller now, and that's probably why you have someone like a chief uh, content officer. Mm. These guys can't just be good authors anymore. They can't hang out in roads and wear like really funky clothing and, and talk about wine. Mm. They've actually got to be tech savvy and they've got to be able to find their market. So it's becoming… Correct. It's becoming an industry. Now, and brand truth, I mean, you here, you yeah. haven't even punted your company once. You know, you've got airtime, dude. Punch your company. <laughs> is so what that, a brand truth thing with all this. But that's what I'm saying because yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get to that is that you've set up a company based on storytelling. You went all the way to New York. I hate you. Um, on Thank you. The pleasure. But uh, <laughs> I'm just jealous. But you went all the way there because of storytelling. There's got to be more to it. There has to be a commercial aspect to it. Correct. Take us through the commercial aspect of storytelling because – it's not just people sitting writing stories and painting pictures anymore. Correct. There's an industry, and Correct. that's obviously your industry. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think just getting back to something you said is um, that as a storyteller, you need to understand tech. But more than that, you need to understand the mediums you use and how to use them. Because it's easy as, oh, let's film a little story quick, quick, and let's about slab birds. a – Yeah, about birds. And let's slab a brand logo on and publish that on social media. Traditional blur. It's traditional shouting. Yeah. Um, so just a, another nugget that I want to take out of one of our workshops was with the chief content officer of Cartoon Network and how they approach. That's got to be cool. That huh? was so rad. He must be. That, is it a he or she? A that guy, was, yeah. I mean, Hands he up. Must, but, but this guy must be like, I don't know. He must drop acid daily to come up with the kind of stuff that those oaks do. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that um, – 
how they've changed their way and how they view content is they start, they don't start just scripting an animation. They really start with a concept. And then they test how that concept lives across gaming, across digital, online, social, um, even TV. And the, the storyline still has to be succinct. There, there needs to be things that are similar for the characters across the different mediums. So even if it's a gamified element or a real game, make sure that the character is the yeah. same and lives throughout. It's so important. And that then I... they start with crafting it. So it's, it's completely moving it back into what is the concept. And that is what we as Brand Truth do as well. We start with asking what is the human truth and what are some of those untold stories of a brand. And then we look at that that truth and we craft a story for different mediums because there's a different execution in the different channels, but they still come back to the same human truth. So let's unpack that a bit further. Okay. I mean, I've never come across a company like yours here. So Mm. you're probably very unique. And if not, there's maybe five of you. Correct. I mean, what I'm saying, logic would tell me that because if I put my marketing hat on and my agency hat on, I, I get a task from a client. I get a brief about product X. The first thing I have to do is put the content together because I can't show content X on any medium if I don't have content. Correct. Is that when we engage you? So we sit with you and we say, we have this product, this Acme X thing. Correct. Do you, do you then take, would you say you're a strategic company? So you sit there and go, okay, so where's the channel? Yes. Or more importantly, what is the goal? You know, they start with why, Simon Sinek. That's my favorite thing. Mm. I start with why. Yeah. So why have I got this thing? Because someone told me to make it. Okay, so we've ticked that box. Mm-hmm. Do you write the strategy? Do you write the content? Do you write or do you plan the medium of where it's going? Do you build the stuff? What do you do? Correct. So we start on a strategic platform. You know, you need to lead in with a strategy and you shouldn't just go to execution. So again, that strategy allows us to really take a deep dive and understanding who will be using it. Who is it for? What are their needs? And then we look at that and how do we address that through delivering a content plan? Um, a concept, a narrative starts forming part of that. And, and the narrative covers both concept and story because you need to be able to explain how how that story lives and what does it mean? How does it become more tangible? And then we start with a journey of content mapping where we then start selecting the mediums relevant to an audience. So similar, um, you know, how media agencies would engage um, and, and determining which channels to use best. And then we craft the story per channel and look at what is the production? How does that work um, in crafting that experience and story? And, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier as well. I mean, it's not Cartoon Network. It's Nickelodeon. Um, Spongebob Okay I love Spongebob I mean mm. Gosh I'd love to meet those guys But They failed in gamification In my opinion They kind of Had this cool cartoon mm. um, And it is a cool cartoon I mean it's a stoner cartoon But it's a cool cartoon Yeah But their game sucked And quite honestly I think their movie sucked too Because A lot of that stuff it, The regular show Which is Cartoon Network Their movie sucked also mm. 20 minutes is enough you know, it, it was, it, it was great watching it on, on screen, but they try to evolve it. Is that where you guys would come and say, hold on a second, that wasn't the right medium? Correct. And, and that's what we do. We look at innovating. How do we drive new platform engagement with that? And ultimately, how do we move with the audience? And that's particular, um, true to who is the audience that we use mm. and how do we leverage that against that audience? Brett, you bouncing. Yeah. No, I just, I've got <laughs> philosophies coming out from all different <laughs> centuries and decades. I mean, like a jumping toilet second door to the left, <laughs> yeah. buddy. No, it's just, I've got this, I've got this comment, this quote from Henry Ford, uh, when he invented the car and he said, if I had gone to the people and asked them what they wanted, they would have told me that they wanted to 
faster horses yeah. mm. rather than completely flipping everything on its head and making the vehicle that we know today. Yeah. Um, and it's, it feels like we're getting into that sort of, whether it's a renaissance or a complete change or shift of mindset. I have to correct you there. Mercedes-Benz made the first vehicle. Henry Ford made the first real Commercial Car. vehicle. Commercially acceptable. Okay, I'm just. It was Henry Ford's quote. <laughs> I'm being technical. Jeez, You're the philosopher. What I'm a, being technical. What a hater. <laughs> anyway, cool. So back to my story. Jeez, how rude. <laughs> and uh, Brett's mic goes off. Yeah. But that's the thing. Uh, there's, it's about these paradigms that we sort of get mm. stuck in with fundamental understandings and traditional learnings of, of how things were done in the past. And it's quite a difficult thing to shift paradigm, to manage expectations, to do something when you're trying to put in place a different way of doing things um and philosophies are always about trying to box the idea in such a way that people will be able to understand it um what i'm getting at is that stories were always told a certain way advertising was always done a certain way for so long uh that i think we've gotten so caught up in the box that we're in at the moment that we've forgotten how to dream bigger than where we are and when you've got that, something like a story or a story, the storytelling, the art of storytelling, we can maybe achieve things we'd never have, ever have, have imagined in a traditional marketing sense. So by doing a storyteller, you can let other people expand it for you. Correct. I mean, I could jump in there as well. I remember reading those books that if you want the dude to die, go to page 32. But if you want the guy to live, go to page 84. I mean, that, that's old. That's the 80s. You know, so there's but the a thing is already, they were already putting that power in our hands in and hands saying up. each person, each reader, or in yep. your case, each consumer is different. Correct. So you can't write the same story for me. What's I, the game? I coincidentally saw a game. Yes, I was introduced to a brand new game on Steam, and it's called The Stanley Parable. Now, if you haven't heard it, apparently it's I haven't. blowing up a little bit, but it's called The Stanley Parable. And it's, <laughs> is it made by Samsung? <laughs> no. Then we win a game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called The Stanley Parable. Funnily enough, I did actually blow up in one of the scenarios. Okay. But the idea of The Stanley Parable is that you are this employee number 427 and you get to the, you're living a very mundane life until it all changes. And that change is a catalyst for something more. And you start to investigate what, well, if that changed, I don't need to do the mundane anymore. I can do something new. And the whole way through this game, you're – given opportunities to take, to make decisions. Go through the left door, go to the right door, go up the stairs, go down the stairs, push the button, don't push the button. Mm. And the thing on, on the, online at the moment for the Stanley Parable is how many iterations or how many storylines actually are there? And it's amazing. Like I played it twice and I was completely random each, each time and it's fully narrated, which is great. So as you're walking, you have this narrator saying, that is and cool. Stanley walked down the uh, impending doom of passage or the doom of. So on that, we've had an amazing cinematic experience that asks the audience to engage with the film. Yes. And every now and again, the plot gets to a point where it asks a collective audience question. So the plot can go one of two ways. You then have an app or you download the website where in real time, as the cinema plays, it would ask you, for instance, shall this guy take a bribe? Yes or no. That's so now cool, huh? you can go yes or no. Collective vote wins. And also there's a bit of audience participation because then everyone goes, why did you vote no, guys? Why did you do that? Yeah. But then seamlessly the plot unfolds and move on as if there was never a question. So can you imagine yes. all the randomized scenes that need to be shot at the back end to make a plot work like that? Yeah. The art of storytelling. Correct. I, I actually remember seeing when I was in uh, Barcelona so last year. I, I don't know. This guy um, had developed an app for horror stories, and the whole idea behind it is that it would learn from you. So it played you some pretty scary footage, but then it would track your response, your emotive response by the way your eyes like mm. went up or uh, would listen for sounds, your microphone was on your tablet, like, <gasps> you know. 
And then we'd learn from those to help story writers write the next great horror. Now, we, we spoke about an AR game, I think, last week or the week before, where it naps your home and starts to put the the evil nasties in your home and your phone rings and says, I'm waiting to kill you kind of thing. So it actually puts you into your own personal experience. Um, there's a movie that's coming out now that's been totally done by bots, total artificial intelligence based on the learnings um, um, you know, of, of what people experience. Yeah. The, where I, I said that's cool when you were talking about the movie, but doesn't that cause a lot of stop and start, though? That's my only concern. The movie doesn't stop. So their timing is so fantastic that the, the plot rolls on as the question happens. And it's so beautifully crafted that the storyline continues. It shows you then what the audience have selected as the collective vote. And, and it moves just it. moves so That's like the book is already pre Pre-printed. Correct. You just choose the majority rule chooses to go this way. So that's there's way. no awkward silences in the movie. Okay, Correct. because that yeah, that was the first thing. I mean, they tried that with TV. You know, you kind of like vote the direction and who comes Correct. on, but it doesn't stop. It okay. Yeah. So you see, that's that's see, sicker. TV's got such a wide audience and it's such so linear in its approach to and it's so mass coming through Correct. as well as Correct. opposed to an aerocast on a on a movie when you've got a hundred people. This is there's this idea of. Of, of ownership as well uh, with the audience these days. I mean, if they if they've had some sort of perception of change or they've 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 determined something for themselves or helped create something, had a part of it, they they feel this ownership of it. Correct. And it helps a deeper level of, I suppose, loyalty in a brand space or something that they've actually had an impact on that. Correct. And we get them we get the brand and the experience into their minds, which is the important element. I mean, I was actually when my when I first got my Apple Watch, you know, you're kind of like looking for apps that work on Apple Watch. I came across a game called Lifeline. And all it is it's pretty much based on that movie Martian. It's this dude on a planet who's now broken down. And he speaks to you. And you, you, you put your name into the app. So you say, It's Brett, it's this, it's that. And he goes, Hi Brett. It's cold. Do I stay the night and see if I survive or do I go looking for a heat source because there was a broken down ship yeah. and I decide. But I can actually do it on my watch so it becomes very personal because it's, a little, it's text. There's no graphics. This little text comes up and I say, no, go look for warmth, dude. You know, like yeah. I, I type back. He goes – and it says like thinking. So he's like processing and he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, well, why did you ask me kind of thing if you're questioning me? It's I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I am sure. He goes, okay. And I kill the oak. So, you know, he dies. <laughs> sure. um, and I feel bad. Well, not really. But, but, a, but so at that moment. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Tamagotchis are alive. But, it's, but, but that's what it is. It's basically I mean, I'm, I'm living this guy's pain mm. through words because it's well written. It's a shared experience. It is shared. And it's my experience because your experience is different. It's the same game. Correct. But your journey will change based on your first yes or no or left or right. And that's what's so cool about it. Yeah. If brands could actually understand that and stop trying to force the same shit down my throat every single mm. week and not box us. Mm. And this is obviously where, you know, where brand truth comes into it is that Correct. I want to see a black cup. Not because I want to, uh, that's just what I want to see. What? No, I'm like a, a black cup of coffee. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm, I'm looking, there's a cup of coffee on the table. So oh. I, that appeals to me. But, but their color of that brand is actually not yes. that color. If yes. you look at their, their um, branding at their restaurants, mm. but that wouldn't do anything for me. If you take their branding, it wouldn't do anything for me. Yeah. That does. That resonates. It's the yeah. same as what Coke did with Coke Zero. Mm. They made it for men because Coke Light was a bit naff. Yeah. So they made this mm. black can. It's the same crap. 
yeah. in the same can, just different packaging. Correct. That's the story. And you know what? I think that is the important thing why we will go every year too fast yeah. is we learn so I much. I fast every year as well. <laughs> Being Jewish, I don't have a choice. Oh, fast. O-S-T. Fast. <laughs> F-O-S-T. Um, to learn and bring it back to, to our markets and our country um, because there are brands that do get that. Um, and we've had the experience with one of our clients that got it from the from the onset. And we've mm. seen the results it's delivered, yeah. you know, because it isn't traditional selling. And, you know, it's delivered more acquisitions than we could think of, even though it wasn't an acquisition campaign, yeah, for instance. Yeah. Now, my FOMO is kicking in. It's great. You guys get to go to uh, FOMO, another one, fear of missing out for fast. I don't want to have – like it's great, 500 FOMO people. Fast. I've got FOMO for fast. FOMO fast. Uh, how FOMO. do I get to go to fast or are you actually looking to bring it here? How is there a chapter in South Africa for fast? There's the shameless punk is it a TED, is, it, no, is it a TED talk? <laughs> is it like TED, TEDx? I want to – like I like going to TEDx's when they happen. Is there a FOSTEX? So, uh, first question, how do you get to go to FOSS? Yes. They invite people globally, about 500 people. There's also an option on the website where you can go and apply and write a motivation. It's like uh, one of those sorry things. Please, can I come? Yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm busy crafting mine right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Good on you, Brett. Um, and then as a, as a local chapter, we think there's such rich stories to be told here across mediums, print, tech, um, cultures, agency, creative, just, I mean, everything. The, cultures the African alone. culture of storytelling is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you just look Correct. at the richness of it, the diversity of all this amazing cultural storytelling that happens. And there's just so much to be shared in this space. And it started here. I'd like to say that Africa's, dare I say it, is probably one of the starting points of storytelling. So, correct. So, what we are saying is just watch the space. There'll be some local storytelling element coming in next year. Cool. Dun, 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 dun. Name to be revealed. Official media partners. <laughs> okay. And you Done. heard it first on the Futurology show. So, yes. stay tuned and we'll break it again. Once it, Is that the commitment, Wayne? You'll correct. let us break it for you. You may. We're at All the right. skinny hour. I know. It's mad, bro. It's like… Uh, uh, before you throw me under the don't bus you for wish the dentists, Don't you wish dentists could be as quick as our show? <laughs> Your root canal could I mean, be as like, quick as a Futurology show. There's anyway. the thing. Next time you go to the dentist, just plug into one of our previous podcasts and it'll go quick. Yeah. Excellent. There we go. Futurology. What's the takeaway the though? Before, before we wrap up, what's the takeaway for storytelling and, how, and some of the practical application going forward? So I think the pull is something I want to mention that I said earlier is that you know, it's so tough to guarantee a board of directors why it works. Um, it's sort of like validating the ROI on marketing always. But what we do know and what we have seen over the last couple of years in terms of building this business and also connecting with global brands that are doing this, what Beth said is if you tell enough of the right story, the commas will follow. Yes. Get into that funnel. Allow them to fall in, in love with you. Get get the brand into their minds, then engage, and then deliver. Then, then you have the loyalty for life. In terms of practical applications, it's, it's sort of a, a warning. Don't take and try or don't use advertising and use that as storytelling, traditional mm. mediums. Find the story rather and then tell it irrespective of the mediums you nice. use. So don't cut up a 30-second beautiful crafted TV spot and just slam it online. And they do, so hey. Guys, they must the, find their story to tell. Find the story to tell. Be authentic with it as well. And be real and be engaging. Excellent. Great. Well, we're at that moment, buddy. Bus has just left the station. Cool. So, well, this is a very inspiring topic of conversation. And I do have a, a, a good wrap-up. And I, I really do feel that storytelling is a spark for the imagination. It's a catalyst for dreams. And it's an enabler for curiosity, which ultimately will lead to future learning, innovation, and progress. It's up to us, though, 
to crave experience, to craft our stories, to share our stories. And I hope that it will positively impact the world with the wealth of collective consciousness that is available from storytelling. Wow. That's beautiful. That is hey? good. Hey, Fast, here's your Hashtag. 499th invitee. I'm pushing send right <laughs> now. I'm, I'm going to be the on the back of that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See you next time. Right. Well, <laughs> Wayne, thank you. Uh, website, brandtruth.co.za? Yeah, brandtruth.co. Oh, just .co. And if they oh, want right. to get hold of you, they can send it to? To hello at brandtruth.co. Done. So... Thanks to MTN Business for sponsoring our show again. And until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny.